Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to all kinds of different creative people about how they do their thing, how they keep it going. And this week, my guest is Andrew McKay. He is the founder of N2N Bodywear, and they're celebrating their 20th year in business. He started the company 20 years ago, and he's been making sexy underwear and swimwear and loungewear and erotic wear and all the rest of it ever since. And I got to go down to his downtown LA warehouse design shop. It was very exciting. I, I felt a little like Project Runway, um, but the, the garments were a lot smaller. Um, and there was no Tim Gunn. Although, you know, maybe Tim Gunn would appreciate that. Anyway, um, before we get to Andrew, I want to encourage you to check out DennisAnyone.net. There you can see uh, different pictures that go with some of the podcasts. You can subscribe to my newsletter. And you can donate to my virtual tip jar to help me cover the expenses that go with doing the podcast. I always really appreciate that. Um, I'd also love it if you followed me on Twitter at Hensley Dennis and like the Dennis Anyone Facebook page. Oh, and the other big plug is my Patreon group. Once a month, I post an exclusive episode that is just for my Patreon uh, followers. And um, you can get in for as little as a dollar an episode. And uh, enjoy the exclusive contents. And I'm about to put another one up very, very soon. You can learn about that at patreon.com and just search for Dennis Anyone. Um, I guess that's it. All right. Without any further ado, here is Andrew McKay. Hey there. I'm coming to you from the offices and the, the warehouse, the whole uh, headquarters of End-to-End Bodywear. And I'm here with the founder of End-to-End, Andrew McKay. Hey, Dennis. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. You're celebrating 20 years in business. I am. It is my 20th year of End-to-End. Did it fly by or does it feel like 50? You know what? Uh, at times it seems like it's been a long time and like right at this moment it seems like it was just a flash. It just went like that. Oh. Oh, it's crazy. crazy. Now, I love how big this place is. You've got, like, your shipping area. You've got your design area. Like, It is, uh, it's huge. It's uh, 10,000 square feet of our headquarters. I uh, love it. Yeah, I mean, offices, distribution center. We actually have a, our own little parking lot in the back as well. So, it's kind of nice, kind of nice. You know you've arrived when you have your own parking lot. I've, you know well, you're a big oh, deal. I've arrived. <laughs> thanks, thanks. How long have you been downtown here? Oh, I've been in downtown since 2001. So, a long time. And it's changed so much, probably. Oh, since my you God. Could, Is it... Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. When I moved down here, there was nothing. Uh, we were here for the first, you know, supermarket to open Ralph's. We were right. there for the grand opening. You were very excited about that salad bar. Oh, it was huge. Somewhere yeah. to go to lunch. Oh, my God. We had an option. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. And then flash forward now, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. The, you know, it's like, look, when you look at the landscape, it looks like Dubai. The cranes, everything. It's just insane. Now, when it first started happening, did, did the rents go up and all of that stuff? Or how did it affect you? I'll tell you what. Uh, there, uh, the condo, like the places they were building. Yeah. Because um, 10 years ago, I was looking for a place to live downtown. Right. And, but back then, it was a little slim pickings. And what was available was still kind of overly priced. Right. I, I was thinking, oh, you're going to get in on the basement prices. But it just, it wasn't for me. I was like, oh, I can get more bang for the buck in the valley. And There you go. Yeah. Isn't That's the story of my life. <laughs> more bang for the buck in the valley. Now, how many employees do you have? Uh, currently, I have, there's a total of six of us. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you so, like being a boss, managing people? You know what? That's a funny question. Um, I do... I do uh, when things are going smoothly and there's, you know, the 
easy decisions to make. And right. you know, but when when things get tough, I mean, yes, I have learned to be, I guess, a decent boss and having to make you know the tough decisions. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm perfectly happy being an Indian. I, I I'll I'll just you know I will gladly follow a chief anytime. Right, right, right. Know. But yes, yes, uh, it, it's got its, you know it's got its ups and downs. Of course, yeah, like anything. Um, tell me about the origin story of, of end to end. Now, end to end is is bodywear. It's swimwear. It's underwear. It's very sexy, body conscious. How do you describe the brand? Yeah, uh, well, it's a men's collection of sexy uh, uh, bodywear. Uh, yeah. You know, from like you said, swimwear, sportswear, underwear, erotic wear, loungewear. Uh, there's a little something for everybody in there. Uh, yeah, when I started 20 years ago, it was it was. Very uh, niche and focused on just, you know, very sexy little uh, small bathing suits. And uh, that as was ta- the beginning. Was that bathing was the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but as time progressed, you know, I realized I needed to open up the market to everybody and not just, you know, people who had a fetish. Of right. sorts, because I had an underwear fetish, and that's kind of what drove me into this in, into this world. Now, when you started selling things and making things, you're, you're sort of coming out with that fetish. It's like owning that fetish yeah. in a very public way. Yeah, was that an easy step to take, or was oh. it like, oh, this is like saying, hey, this is what turns me on, everybody, and it's my job. I had absolutely no problem. Good, that's <laughs> awesome. I'll tell People you what, should be like that. I well, no, I, I mean, yes, I agree. Um, I've. Yeah, I've I've never been ashamed of it, and right. uh, it's like own up to it. It's like that's what got me there. That's what inspired me. That's what got me, you know, passionate about what I do. It's like my own little fetish. Like and you were designing the things that you would like to buy, that you would like to see, that you would like to wear and see other people in. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Everything everything I design is stuff that I would wear, have worn. Um, as I've gotten older, there's stuff that I won't wear. <laughs> You're in incredible shape, though. Oh, well, do you feel pressure you. To, to stay in good shape because of what you do? To a degree. I mean, I yeah. think I think a being a gay man, you know, right. there's, there's there's a built-in pressure, right? In the cake. Right. <laughs> um, but also, kind of being in the business, you know, since I do get out there once in a while, if there's a fashion show and I need to be, you know. Uh, you know, walk the runway at the end of the show right. or, you know, go somewhere and uh, yeah, you always got to put your best foot forward. And so, but actually that's okay. I mean, you know, it's the, the fact that I turned 51 and you know, that I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good about myself now better than I ever have actually. That's fantastic. So, I mean, it's been a journey, but, uh, yeah. So thanks. <laughs> What's your workout? Um, you know what? I, I try to incorporate uh, a little, you know, do a little cardio, a little right. lifting, um, doing a little Phoenix effect in Hollywood, West right Hollywood. On. And, um, but it's a bit sporadic. Like is, that, is that like CrossFit? Because I just got into CrossFit it's, this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Cheap like, Valley CrossFit, I call it, because there was a group on. Ah. So it was $97 for three months unlimited. Holy crap. I mean, come That's, on. you got to take advantage of uh, that. You got to. It's Deep Valley, but so am I. <laughs> Right? Of course. Of course. There you go. That's how I got my first through with, with a group on. There you go. You got it. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. So I understand that this whole th- thing started with one specific swimsuit, like a, a turquoise bikini. You tell me, tell the t- turquoise bikini origin uh, story. Well, I... Okay, so this we're talking... Uh, this is 1987. I was working on a cruise ship. Right. A Holland America line as a performer. I've done and, it. Been there. There we go. Princess. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, and I, I'm glad I knocked it out when I did. You know, when right. I, I turned 20, uh, 21 on the cruise ship, so it was like a great time. It was time. great, of course. Um, and one of our ports of call was Acapulco. Right. And uh, so while we were there, I, 
I guess I was bathing suit shopping or something, and I came upon this little turquoise bikini and had this cute little pouch, which it just looked like nothing that I'd seen before. So I was like, oh, I'll get it. In the way it was shaped. Yeah, In the way yeah. it was built. Yeah, it was like, uh, it, was, it was built for your anatomy. Okay. You know, uh, kind of was used to suits kind of like squishing or camouflaging or just sort of, you know, making it a little too compact. And this right. is the first suit that I found that I was like, wow, I could actually breathe. And, right. and it kind of shows you off a little bit. Right. You know, which there ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Come on. <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, yeah, so I found that suit and um, it was my fave. It was my, uh, it, was, it was my go-to suit uh, until, you know, it, uh, it, it, it was basically falling apart. Yeah, so. it, met, it met its maker. Uh-huh. So I decided that I needed to uh, preserve it somehow, the idea of it, the, right. the, the design of it. So I cut it apart, and uh, I made a paper pattern of it and held on to that pattern until I finally kind of decided to do something about it. And that was, you know, go to, this, go to like a Joanne Fabrics and right. buy some fabric, buy some elastic. And I had my little Kenmore sewing machine and decided, let me make my own, own bathing suit. What color did you make first? Prince. I didn't know solids. It was, it was kind of fun. Yeah, considering that was a solid. Um, yeah, I was a little... I, I liked Prince. I, I did like Prince back then. So, uh, yeah, I, so I just found all your scrap cheap pieces of fabric and, right. you know, cut them apart and, uh, and started making these little suits for myself. When that turquoise suit finally died, did you have a little service in the backyard or anything like that? Or <laughs> does it, do you still have it? Is it anywhere? You know what? Um, I do not have that suit. Right. However, I do have like my, my original suits that right. I made back in 1989, 1990. Right on. I do. I still have those puppies in, in, in a bag here in, in my file cabinet. Had you sewed before that? Had you... Use the sewing machine and I all mean, that? Yeah, you know, the usual potholders and, and, right. and, and crap that kids make, you know. Right. No, I was never really serious. I mean, I had a, you know, a costume construction class in college, uh, but I knew how to make buttonholes. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. You kind of, you know. And you just myself. figured it out. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, that, that's something that I do like doing. Uh, is like figuring things out within without instructions. It's like me looking at something, kind of like analyzing and figuring out how can I put this together or put it back together. Or so that that was a challenge, and you know well, it worked out. Do you remember the first time you wore one of your suits that you made somewhere where people could compliment it or comment on it, or was oh. it a feeling of pride of like walking in and like oh, I well, made this suit? I tell you what, it was. Uh, it was because it was always recognized. I would always okay. So there was. I was living in Orlando, Florida at the time, and um, yeah, I would wear my bathing suits to the gym. And we had a big pool outside, and I would lay out in the pool. Right. And every day that I would, you know, wear one of my suits, some guy would come up to me and ask me, you know, it's like, where'd you get your suit? I love it. And I was like, oh, I made it. And he's like, really? Can you make me one? I was like, well, sure, I can. You know, and then I charge him twenty bucks. So I'd let them pick out the fabric. And I only had one style. It was a bikini. Right. So it was easy. It was like, okay, you're getting a bikini. Right. And just pick out your fabric. And then, uh, yeah, went from there. I'd make it. And, you know, so, yeah. So that was kind of cool. That's when um, I realized that, oh, people, you know, this is, you know, people are liking this. What was the moment when you felt like, okay, I'm making this a business? What was was that step like? You know what? Uh, So... Moving to California in like 1990, 91, 
Um, I was an unemployed actor, and uh, in my spare time, I was sewing. I had, you know, some machines, and I was, and, 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 so I was creating, you know, uh, I, I branched out making, starting to make shirts right. and make sweatpants. Of course, everything was very stretchy and, you know, very sexy. Right. Um, but I was kind of getting my practice in. Right. Um, However, it wasn't until uh, I say I got uh, I auditioned for a, a, a Broadway show out here in ninety one ninety two, uh, and so then I was part of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which took me to New York, and then which after that show closed in ninety five, uh, went on the national tour of it to till ninety the end of ninety six, and it was at that point where I had accumulated enough money. I had accumulated enough designs while okay. on the road because I was still kind of, you know, sewing in my free time. I brought my machines on you, the road. You, you would take your sewing machine with oh. you on the bus and truck tour. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, yeah, so I'd spend my spare time there, which right. I had a lot of spare time. It was like I got to be creative and I That's got to create amazing. things. So, yeah, so I came back off tour and I had 17 designs. And I decided I had the money. I had the designs. Now I just need to find a contractor and find a space. And then that's in 97. That is when I opened up my, my first little store in West Hollywood. Now, I met you around that time. I, like 95. Do you remember how we met? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I was throwing this club in Los Feliz called like Club Xanadu. And it was just like a one-night club. Oh. And you danced. You did backup dancing for a performer who I don't remember. Glenn Sneed. Glenn, Glenn Sneed. Sneed. He was he doing some Xanadu, Xanadu thing. And I was one of the backup boys. Yes, you were. And that's how I met you at this club in Los Feliz. Holy crap. Right. Yes, I do. I didn't realize that was the first time. Yeah. Oh, all right. Very that's cool. That's my memory. Oh, and that's that's vivid. What for was me. that number? What did Glenn do? Did he sing Xanadu? He, he did. He was in he, drag, though, he, right? He lip synced to, uh, to Olivia's. Uh, a version of Xanadu, yeah, um, outrageous and funny, and and we were just the the you know the go go boys in bikinis and headbands, right? And that was very thrilling. <laughs> it was. It was fun. Oh God, the nineties were the best. I love the nineties. How did you come up with the name? Uh, so when I was in New York, uh, and I was still you know sewing in my free time, uh, whatever I would make, uh, I would have people try on and. And each time someone would try on one of my arms, they're like, oh, this is great. This is, and with, especially with the fabric I used, it was this, it was slinky and it was this yeah. very stretchy ribbed fabric, very popular back then. And every time people would put things on, whether it was a bikini or a shirt or some of the lounge pants or whatever, they would say, oh, this feels amazing. It feels like I'm not wearing anything. It feels like, you know, I feel like, it feels like I'm wearing next to nothing. And, you know, that's, then I. You know, I was trying to be cool about ooh names and like you know what I could what I could possibly come up with because right. Andrew M Designs was terribly boring, so I was like, oh, I need to come up with a name. And so after hearing next to nothing enough, you know, I was like, oh, next N the number two N next to nothing. I was like, that sounds cool. I'll do it. And so that's how it came up. I love it. What was it like when you opened your first store in West Hollywood? Was it successful right out of the gate? You know what? Uh, actually, it it was it was it was kind of amazing um, because at the time there were a few stores. There was Raymond Dragon. There was All American Boy. Uh, I want to God say, remember Raymond Dragon. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Nice store, very nice store. Yeah, and he he used a lot of Slinky. Yeah, and he's he was my original inspiration for using Slinky because in Joseph uh, in New York. 
our last number was called the Mega Mix. Oh and, yeah, the Mega Mix. They Joseph pioneered the Mega Mix. I feel like every show has to have a Mega Mix now because of Joseph. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and so the, we they started that, and, and and we were wearing white, yeah. and we got to choose whatever white uh, items we wanted. And I found this Raymond Dragon slinky top, which was right. this form fitting, showed you off beautifully. Right. And the, it was that shirt that kind of inspired me in many ways, but to use that fabric and to kind of start creating the goods out of my uh, out of that fabric. I love that. Yeah. And so your store did pretty well right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. Opened up in May 1997, a uh, little little storefront in uh, in West Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard. And uh, I was in that lo- particular location for maybe a month or two. It was very short-lived because I was having issues with my landlord there. So uh, moved out of there into a new space, which was actually the former space of the Gay Men's Chorus, which was uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard just uh, near La Cienega. That feels like good karma to me, to move into the, the chorus space. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of singing happening in there, a lot of gay stuff very happening happy, in there. Very happy. It's perfect. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Did, when, I've gotten very into looking at entrepreneurs lately. I'm starting my own business. And was there a mistake you made early on where you're like, because you, it seems like you just kind of found your way through, oh. through the different steps. Oh, there were a lot of mistakes, a lot of expensive mistakes. That, that, that's what happens though. Yeah. Well, when I you mean, don't think, know anything about yeah. what you're going into, you know, I knew, okay, so the creative aspect, I knew what I wanted the store to look like. I know what my, I wanted my items to look like. I know the, the vision of it. That whole thing was pretty complete. The hang tags down to, you know, the signage outside, right. all that, the creative. Right. But then there's the business. Of course. You know, the money. You have to do both. And that is where I, I made many mistakes. If somebody came to you and said, hey, I'm going to do something kind of like, you know, something similar but different, and they were just where you were, you know, 20 years ago, what would you tell them? I would say get a, get a, a, a good money man or yeah. uh, someone who is familiar with business right. uh, a, a, or a business partner or something uh, just so that they can steer you in the right direction. Do not give up on your ideals or your vision because right. I never did that. I never, ever did that. Right. You know? um, but yeah, it was the other side that it was like, oh, it would have it been nice if it balanced out. Well, one of the things that this entrepreneur course that I just took talked about was that I think from school we're used to like if we have something that we don't do well a bad subject I'm just going to study 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 and I'm going to get good at that subject and what we were talking about in this class is look that's not your thing outsource it find somebody that that's their thing and you focus on the thing that's your thing and I think that's a bit of a twist because we think if we can't do something well or we're not suited for it that we have to struggle until we are but you don't you can, there's other ways to go. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, yeah, I just I've, I've never been. If there was something that I just did not like, yeah, it was like I was not going to kill myself to like do it because I was like I'm not going to ever need this. You know, school especially. Right. You know, so needless to say, some of my grades weren't the best. That's okay. Uh, but now, you know, with, with with a business, yes, there's too many people out there that you can employ or friends who are really good at what they do. It's like hone in on everyone's strengths and pull them together and make an amazing team. And that's kind of what I've done here. Yeah. You know, I've got people, I've, my CFO, who is my, you know, my advisor, my, my financial guy, everything. And he's someone for, you know, a good, you know, 18 years has been the, my rock here uh, to bounce ideas off, to help me get creative, all that sort of thing. I've got my design guy who's 
my artistic director who's made end-to-end look the way it does. Beautiful. Um, Have you had him for a long time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had Eddie for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and then I've got uh, my, 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 my staff here who, you know, keeps, keeps the boat afloat. Like excellent customer service. And then my... Uh, uh, Ladies in the back who do my uh, do all the the, the all orders. fulfilling the fulfillment. I love fulfillment. <laughs> I love that it's called fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it all works together pretty. It's 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 it seamlessly. Did you ever have a time where you it almost ended, or you thought, oh, sh- how are we going to make it through this period? Or? Oh, many times. Yeah, many times because the the ebb and flow of, of the business. You know, right. the the cli- well, especially today, the climate of you know retail. Um, it's and, and 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 the competition, and the counterfeit, and everything. It's it's a are people very, ripping you off? Are oh, there? there's there's a there's a factory in China that's making my stuff right now. As we speak, as we speak, it's oh. very disheartening. Yeah. Um, however, there's not much you can do about that. It's so. It still feels horrible, though. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's an invasion of you know your creativity and and what you've created. Uh, yeah, it's it is it's hard to grasp. You know, so I can't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just got to focus on what's in front of you. Uh, exactly. What, what the things I can can control. What was it like? You started before the internet was huge. Yeah. What was it like to get on board with online? You know, we got to get a website. We got to make sure that. You know what I mean? What was that like to make that transition? I tell you what, it was it was a pretty easy transition because having a store was is difficult. You know, if you're not putting out product weekly. Um, it, it, it's it's tough. People come expecting you know new merchandise. There needs all the to time. be something new every week. Every week, wow! Or, or they'll stop coming back. And I wasn't prepared for that. I yeah. was like, I'll just here. I fill up my store with all the merchandise, and people will come. And they did. However, then they'd come back going, "Is there new stuff?" And I was like, "Well, new no, stuff? No, no, I'm exhausted. Hey, I'm tired. There's, there's plenty <laughs> on the wall. Buy something else. I moved that from that mannequin to that mannequin. Right? I did. I change up the store to make it look different. You yeah. know, it's like try to trick them. Um, yeah. But then, you know, once the internet, we, you know, we found the internet and then realized, oh, orders were coming in and global orders and, you know, realized, oh, this is a lot bigger than, than we thought. Right. And, uh, that is when I made the decision after, you know, four years of being in West Hollywood to move downtown and let's go strictly, let's do the internet thing. So let's do internet and wholesale. So let's sell to other stores, other, uh, at the time I was going to say other internet sites, but no, back then. There were so many brick and mortar stores. Right. Everybody had a store. So I was selling to stores all over all over the United States. It's brilliant. Now, I mean, those those numbers dwindle because all those poor stores go out of business. Yeah. You know, because the internet has taken over and yeah. Amazon and Alibaba and all these uh, other What's huge... Alibaba? Alibaba <laughs> Alibaba is another uh, platform like uh, Amazon that sells all my counterfeit stuff. Those fuckers. Yeah, so if you go to, if you go to Alibaba or Wishlist or, like, there's another site, and if you go in there and Google up end-to-end, oh, end-to-end pops up, it's not my stuff because they're selling it for a dime. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Have you ever seen counterfeit end-to-end out in the world? Are you ever at the pool at a hotel in Maui and they're like, that's a fake? And that, like, what does that feel like? You know what? Actually, uh... Not that, but something very similar. I was I, I work the prides, whether you know, in Southern California, right? Uh, and I, I had a pride. It was last year. Uh, I forget which pride it was, but someone that I know came into my booth. Haven't seen him in a long time. I was like, "Hey, how are you?" La la la. And I looked down, and what at first appeared to be one of my erotic sheerskins 
uh, as that a word? That's a word that you invented? Uh-huh, shearskin. I love that. Yeah, they're these, they're these very tight, sexy sort of runners that okay. have these sheer panels and then that show off your butt and like then wrap around the leg and show off the leg a bit. Very sexy. However, he was wearing a counterfeit product that he knew and I was like, uh... He knew it was counterfeit? Yeah. And he's like, Andrew, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm like, uh, hello. And he's like, well, it was like $6. I was like, ugh... So. That, that that really made it better for him to tell you that it was only six dollars. <laughs> okay, well, in that case. Oh, in that case, I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. he doesn't deserve sheer skin. You know. Well, yeah. And and so that yes, yeah, so that was. I mean, I didn't have to go far. It's like he came to me, somebody yeah. that I know. Um, and that then sucks. and then I've had a product returned uh, here to the warehouse and uh, in ex- for exchanges, and they were counterfeit product. And I so looked at I looked at I'm like okay that A is not a color of mine. Then I touched it. I was like ooh that certainly doesn't feel nice. But right. I looked at the, the the labels exactly like mine. Wow. So yeah, someone returned counterfeit, thinking in hopes of getting something else. Yeah. Maybe they didn't know it was counterfeit because yeah. you know there's they're not going to know. Someone out in the in the, the public will not know this. But yeah, I looked at that. I was like oh. What do you do? Do you tell them I'm sorry? It's counterfeit. Mm. We probably just it would, no. We're good. We're good. Yeah, here. we've that's got hard. very good that's customers. A tough, that's a tough thing because you don't know if the customer's being taken advantage of, and it's still your name out there. Yeah, that's just it. And I don't want you know in this day day and age of like you know all these sites where you can give bad reviews for just yeah. you know looking the wrong way. Right. Uh, it's like uh, yeah. So well, if it's yeah. worth it, yeah. Is it fun to name the designs? Yeah. <laughs> How, what's your process like? I how, I gotta name this the sheer skins or what? Coming up with names. Tell you what, sometimes it's very easy, and other times it is such a chore. And I, honestly, and I don't really like doing it. Um, so what I what I'll do a lot of times is I will just do I'll just go on the internet, and I will Google up planets, the names of planets, or the names of cars, the names of teams, the names of deserts, the names of bodies of water, and you'll get this laundry list of all these names, or the names of stars, right. and uh, like in the in the sky, and you know, and you'll get these lists, and I will just go through them. And something I'm like, oh, that sounds good, and that seems like that would be an appropriate name for something, and I'll go with that. Like, what are some of the names that you've come up with that way? Oh, Gallo. I mean, you know, uh, the Apollo, the the, uh, uh, the the Cosmopolitan, the uh, Empire, the uh, the Deco, uh, the the, the uh, teams wise, I mean the, the champion, yeah. the uh, the raider, the you know, so sort of like All that. I love it. Yeah, it's 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 it just helps out. It just helps out, you know. Because I mean, like I said, sometimes a name will come to me. I'll just be like, oh, that's what it looks like. And then other times I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. Or I will I'll put a pool. Out, I'll, I'll everyone here at what a two end. I'll be like, you yeah. guys, give me give me your ideas. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and then there's been many times where it's like I, someone has suggested something. and I'm like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Is there one item that's sort of been your best selling? Like this is our Coca Cola. This is the thing that will we sell the most of. We're never going to get rid of. Or does it change? I tell you what, we have had our net collection, which is our sexy see-through bikinis, thongs, our little trunks, since the beginning of time, and to this day, those will still end up in the top ten of of what we sell. That's awesome for twenty years. No, it's it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. But it just goes to show that, you know, the sexy doesn't go out of subtile. That's right. Yeah. I love it. What are they called? Do they have a fun name? Uh, eh, no. That's all right. Is the, no, because like, when we started it, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, what is it? It's net. 
it's the net collection. So That's right. Kind of, I mean, I like it. Not creative, but just it says it is. But ain't broke. There we go. <laughs> Do you find that there are certain pockets of the country that are more into you? Because I would, I would be very curious to know where, if there are certain hot pockets of like end to end wearers, and if they're, and if it's surprising when you look at it. Yeah. Like you might think the big gay meccas, but maybe you're huge in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Mormons, right? Exactly. Um, California is, is yeah. one of is, is I think our, our, our biggest uh, uh, buyer of end to end goods, right? Um, and that, yes, your cities, you know, your your right. your, your New York, your Chicago, your uh, but uh, no Midwest, Midwest. We've got some you know some some good clientele, yeah, like scattered in, in you know in the plains. That's right. That, well, yeah, when you've got no, where are you gonna? There, there are no stores. And uh, and if there were stores, they're gone now. Right. So yeah, the internet is your way to shop, and so we are. It's it's fun. Or we ship to uh, naval bases and and army bases too. That's incredible. I love that. I think that, that's, that's totally so cool. sexy. Right. Because you just imagine everything that they wear is military issued. Da 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 da. And then oh. Yeah. The net collection or whatever. Well, yeah, right, exactly. Is right. It, you know, you could just imagine some dude in a, you know his big old bulky uniform, right. and, and the, then you know at the end of the day or night and taking that off. And well, hello. Has that always been the case, or was it something you noticed after Don't Ask, Don't Tell? No, no. Before, we've always, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, we've we've noticed that that the orders would come in. I don't suppose there's any way to measure this, but do you have a sense that there's straight people that that buy your stuff a lot or a few or a handful or Uh, not that many? You know what? I think uh, statistically because of trends and because of society and because Mm -hmm. of the evolution of of menswear and men's attitudes towards sexy clothes, that yes, we certainly sell to a lot more straight guys. Um, Also, I get emails from guys saying, I'm a straight dude, but I love your product. Or I'll get it from their wives or their girlfriends going, thank you so much because he looks so amazing in this. So I know it sounds cheesy, but I do. I, I get that. I love that you get emails that people take the time to write. I, that take the time that to write. That they must really love what they're getting if they take the time to write. That, yeah, that's a testament, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. What, what's some of the emails that you've gotten? Do any stick out as particularly memorable? Yes. One is kind of hilarious uh, <laughs> because, okay, so there's an item I used to make that was very popular called the slingshot. And basically what it was was a waistband with a pouch and the pouch had a built-in cock ring in it. Right. So basically you'd snap it on and it would hold you in the pouch. But there was nothing out there. There was just the waistband holding the pouch up. A full waistband or just one side? Just a full little waistband holding right. the pouch up. Yeah. Um, there was a farmer in the Midwest somewhere, I forget where. And he loved wearing it while riding his tractor in the fields. And that's it. Just a slingshot. And his he wife... Would, he would wear nothing else? Nothing else. Nothing oh my else. gosh. Imagine that. It's like, of course, you know... It you know, literally is next to nudism. Like, oh, it's next to nothing. Kind of, yeah. 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 But I just I always love the image that that conjures up. Because, you know, as you know, it could go both ways. <laughs> yeah. You could imagine this hot stud, you know, right. with a cowboy hat, you know, sitting There's on a, a tractor. One, one little straw piece in Hanging his mouth. out of his mouth yeah. while shaking on a tractor. Yes, that, you know. And you said something about his wife as well? Or... Yeah, yeah. She, she loved, she, it was like a turn on for her. I love that. Yeah. I know. So that's why I hear stuff like that, and I'm like, see, we're all not too different, are we? Right. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Do you hear that you... Do you have any feedback that you've spiced up somebody's sex life or the way they feel about themselves, or that you've sort of given them permission to 
to uh, work it a little bit. Uh, I mean, every I do, I do, from go-go boys who, to this day, always tell me, when I wear this, I make the most amount of tips. That's amazing. And that makes me happy. I'm like, good, then wear it. Right. And here, if you want more, I'll get you more. Right. Um, and, then, and then there are the people who, uh, uh, who tell me uh, that I wear your product uh, when I go out on dates and stuff like that, and it always gets me lucky. That's always gets awesome. Me lucky. And again, I was like, all right, well... It's doing its job. There you go. You know? Um, have you been to other countries and, and seen it? Have you ever been just out somewhere and saw your one of your designs on somebody that you in a place that you didn't you weren't expecting it? Um I, I mean I've been to uh, I have been to whether it's clubs. Right. And I've seen them maybe wearing my tops. Sure. Uh, obviously, go-go boys wearing the goods. Uh, going to beaches and, 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 you know, kind of like spotting, you know, going to right. Hawaii and like spotting some dude on the beach uh, wearing the product. That's always cool. And I, that probably feels really good. Well, it, it does. It does. Uh, and my friends always want to like go introduce me to them. And I'm totally embarrassed about that just because, I don't know, I just get, I get funny about that. But yes, it is. It's very cool to say, or go to, you know, I mean, P-Town, I guess, you know. Because I mean, it's gay, so I right. would hope to see it there. But just yeah, going to some random beach somewhere um, and and seeing the product, or going to going to the gym and seeing somebody wearing something that of mine that I have not seen in years, and it's like all old school, like an old like, friend hey. kicking it old school, kind of. And it's and it makes me happy to see it, you know, still last. That's like wow, it hasn't fallen apart yet. You know, with with like big fashion houses like Gucci and stuff like that, they have seasons. Like you have to have a product line here and there. How does your clock work for the year in terms of new merchandise? Uh, you know what? Um, it's I, I've always I, so I always used to design just one huge collection and then roll it out at the beginning of the year, and then I've j- I just used to keep that and for the that, year. And yes, and that collection would be substantial. That collection would be enough. Uh, and because, just because of the nature of the clothing. Right. Um, but what I do now is, uh, I, instead of, you know, giving everything out in the beginning of the year, I hold back on a few things so that I do sort of like a slow release. Yeah. Uh, and I bring out product like um, every right. month. You're edging. I am so edging. <laughs> and people are like, people like it when I edge. So. You, who doesn't? Because then the payoff is so much better. Christ. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and, and, and also what I've, uh, I've started doing is, um, especially like say, I mean, swimwear, underwear, you know, is year round basically right. because people, you know, it's summer somewhere right. in this world. Um, but uh, like I'll do like in my lounge collection, that's probably where it's a little more seasonal, right. um, where I will I'll get creative and like bring out the onesies, all the different sort of onesies, right. um, whether they're long sleeve onesies or short sleeve. Uh, or, or any of the lounge wear, you know, because it's, you know, maybe for cooler weather, right. you know, and people might view it that way. So that's, that's the only kind of collection where I can kind of have fun with right. and kind of get a little, you know, fun seasonal with. I love that. Talk about models, finding them, casting them. Is it fun to pick models? You would think it would be, but maybe it isn't that fun. You know what? Um... I I get my models from agencies. Right. So it's it's gotten easier in that the agencies send me packages, you know, with, with all the models. So I can, like, go, just kind of go through. Like a catalog. Like a catalog. This one, this one, this one. This one. Exactly. Yeah. Pick out who I like. And then, and I always like to meet them beforehand if I can. Just because, you know, I want to make sure that we, we, we mesh. 
Yeah. They got a good personality. Because the last thing you want to do is like hire someone. You're shooting your entire collection in one or two days and you get someone who's a dud. It's like, oh, I'm spending too much money and to get that sort of you know person. So, um, yeah, that's I usually like to do that is to kind of see them beforehand. Um, if not, I've got this uh, great manager back in uh, – actually, he was in New York and now he lives in here in L.A. But he always – he's found us most – of our amazing models and most of them are European right. and he, he goes, they're perfect. I, they're, they'll, they will work well with you and they, they're so, you know, open and, and easygoing with, you know, with what you've got to, right. They have to be that. very uninhibited and most models probably are, yeah. but there's a certain, they have to own the sex appeal of it. Exactly. And I find that most Europeans are that way anyway. Right. So it makes sense that it would translate to the models. Um, a lot of times I think with people and their turn ons or fetishes or whatever, there, there's something early on in their life that kind of lights that thing. Like for me, pre-puberty, I remember like angels flight disco pants, and I remember ah, like yes. uh, dolphin shorts, and yeah. like so those things. If I see them on somebody, I'd like they push a certain button that that was, I guess, right when I was sort of coming of age. Or yeah. Um, for you, do you remember like you know I don't know the J.C. Penney underwear model, or do you remember like? Early cues from when you were sort of uh, going through puberty and, and after. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, from uh, like, like you're saying, like the J.C. Penney catalog. Any any of the catalogs that would come in, if there was you know a, sec- a section in there, you know, with men in their underwear, it was like ooh. Right. Um, uh, as I as I got well, 1980. I have I have international mail catalogs. Yeah, remember international mail? Remember step ins? Oh, are you kidding? Yeah. Yes, yes. I I actually. Yeah, I, I, I did. There was an, a time when I did little step ins as well because right. I saw them there and I was like, that's so cool. Did I'm you call create, them step ins? Or did you have to. No, I didn't. I don't know that I yeah. called them step ins. Try to like come up with. You know, yeah. Try to build a little yeah, unique. That, that they way. might trademark step ins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, there were there were little things. I mean, uh, you know, the dolphin shorts, like you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, love dolphin shorts. I remember going to college at Arizona State in the, in the 80s and people would wear them to class. You know, because it was hot. It was uh, Arizona. See, that would drive me nuts. I mean, it was Holy a lot. Yeah. No, I know. And sometimes there's a certain era of porn movies where they're all rocking them. And I'm like, I support those. I stand. I wholeheartedly. I stand. Yeah. If I see somebody nowadays in yeah. something similar to that, my heart stops. Don't I do. You, I lose my breath when I see that. Every it's once so in a, sexy. Well, every once in a while, you'll see like the, the lengths of shorts raising mm-hmm. in the gym. And I'm like, yes, go further. Or like sometimes you'll see somebody like in Zan- they did the musical Xanadu mm-hmm. on Broadway. The shorts weren't short enough. Cheyenne Jackson, I love you. You're hot. The shorts were not short enough. You know what? I did not see the show, but I saw stills from that. And I, that, I, and I, I swear think? to God, I looked at his cutoffs. I was like, why are they long? Yes, thank you. Yeah, no, no, no. You gotta go way up. Oh, way up! I got pictures of me with the way up shorts. There, there you go. And I was so comfortable. I'm, I went everywhere in them. Are you kidding? We went yeah. on family vacations. I was wearing my little hot shorts. <laughs> And you would have to wear under wear underneath, right? Or you would have been hanging out. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 I always, I always. You know what? The whole commando thing. I just even like going to a nude beach. I mean, I get the allure, and there's a sexiness about it and everything, but it's never turned me on. I would rather see somebody in a sexy swimming suit than naked. Period. Yeah. Isn't that yeah? Whatever. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I remember. I was just at um in Key West, and I stayed at a, a really great place called the Equator, and it was clothing optional or whatever, and I was like. And, you know, people were swimming and, you know, whatever. 
And I was like, I would rather see the sexy swimming suit yeah. than the Wang. Well, there's something about, I mean, because, you know, I mean, we all, know, we all know the Wang. We, we all know what you look like. Yeah. We all know what it is. Some are bigger, some are smaller, some are that, whatever. Right. But when it's hidden, when it's, when it's, you and you've got, you've got a bathing suit on that, you know, all of a sudden when it gets wet, takes on a different sort of, you know, appeal. Right. And it's like all of a sudden clingy. And there's something sexy about that. And then there's something sexy about hiding the butt, but just like framing it beautifully or the crotch. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's so much more interesting to me. Right. Than, than seeing a nude body. And it's more, I think it's sexier. It's more like exciting. Um, I also like a, like a Brazilian cut, mm. like a square, like when I was in Brazil, all the guys on the beach were beautiful and they all had on, um, you know, square Brazilian sort of cut. And I was like, that's a nice, I support that cut. Uh, you know what? A little more coverage than a bikini. It is, but it's still sexy. Yes. And it's still, it, it allows like a lot of freedom up front, yeah. uh, which I like. Uh, and it's also, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I certainly like in your face, you right. know, but it is something that is, it's, it's sexy and that, but you could be around everyone and there's no, everyone's comfortable. Right. Everyone is comfortable with, yeah. with, with those, uh, right. Brazilian, uh, little, everyone's cuts. a winner. Everyone is. Okay. In your 20 years of running this company, how many words or letters have you spelled on guys' asses? Have you done any spelling on asses? I've never done that. Really? Okay. Why have I never done that? I don't know. You, no one's ever told me to, and I've never thought of it. Right. Jeez Louise. You never put like an N on one ass cheek and an N on the other one and a two and the, I don't no, know. No. I All have right. never done... Well, I'm going to have to do that now. I guess so. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, what do you, how do you think you do on a show like Project Runway? Do you ever watch that show as someone who sews and You know designer? what? I do. I, 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 uh, I've, always, I, I've always thought about that, and... The one thing I have never really liked, I don't like being under the gun. I don't like pressure. I don't... I'm not a fan of competition. Right. You know? Uh, personally. Uh, I mean, could I do it? Sure, I could. But I, I just... I mean, if, if I was forced to. Yeah. <laughs> if I was forced to do the show, I would do it. But... Mm, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, it's not know, something you look nervous. at and go, "Oh, I would love to do." No, that. I get I mean, nervous, and yeah. sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, under the under the spotlight, you know, I yeah. just I might get you know stage fright in a way, and all of a sudden, you know, my twenty years of experience, I'm like sitting there looking at a machine, going, "How does this work?" I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I would. No, no, I don't. It's not for you. I, it scares me. Do you keep an eye on what the competition is doing, like your Andrew Christians and your other thing? And like, do you kind of keep, you guys probably all know each other and see each other at events. You know what? I have shied away from that for all this entire time. Now, I will not say that I don't see it out. Of course, but, but you're not like, I've got to know what they're doing. I am not surfing and I'm not surfing to see what everyone else is doing. That's interesting. Uh, I don't do that because I don't want to, uh, I've never wanted to design something because it was a fad. Because right. it was popular, or because the other guy was doing it. Right. You know, I had a vendor very recently say, "Oh, you should be making these. I make so much money on these." And I'm like looking at it, going, "And I get it, and they're very sexy, but everyone's done it except me. I've not done that yet. And me coming late into the game to all of a sudden do it and try to reinvent it, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't want to be that. You know, people look and go, 
Yeah, that was done already five years ago. Yeah. What What is he talking about? It's the, uh, there are these, like, assless jocks. Right. You know, I mean, assless underwear. Okay. You know, with the big hole in the back sort yeah. of thing. I mean, everybody has jumped on that. I mean, it come on. Ho-hum. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. It's like, if I'm going to do something, I'll create something, right. you know, with my own spin on it. But I just, I, I won't, I won't do that. I can't. How do you find your fabrics? Because your fabrics have to look good. They have to be slinky sexy, but they have to be durable as well. Like, I think it's a, like, sometimes things that are really thin and beautiful and sexy yeah. maybe aren't that durable or whatever. So how do you, how do you do that? I find, I find my own fabrics. I shop, uh, I go to, I have vendors right. that I work with. And uh, I always ask to see, like, what's come in, what they've got, even some old stuff. What do you and they're think, all what here in downtown? Yeah, they're all downtown. Yeah. Um, so that, no. And actually, that's a fun process. Right. I always love that because I'm a very tactile person. Right. So it's always about feeling and touching and stretching and, you know. And the minute the minute I see something and I feel it and stretch it and if, it, if everything, you know, I get, you know, green checks all across, I know that, okay, I'm going to use that and make something fabulous out of it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that excites me. You know, and for, for it, it, it is, it's about those components. How often do you go and look at what they have? Do, um, are they constantly getting new stuff in or? Um, no, no. And, and like I said, typically at the beginning of the year, I will have found all the fabrics that I right. want to use. So like right now sitting in my garage, I have my uh, shelving units that are filled with fabrics. In your and garage at home? No, here. Oh, okay. Here in the back of the warehouse. Right. Uh, so that... Yeah, there there are still yet you know designs and collections yet to come. Yet to come, and they're yeah. all right there. Yeah, waiting. I have it. All, all, they're all. like a bill wanting to become a law or something. <laughs> Just like that. Just yes. exactly like that. Totally. That's that's and that's exciting. You know, when it's sitting out there, you know, and you see it just on a roll, and then next thing you see it, you know, on a model. How has Instagram and, and things like that affected your business? Oh, amazing. Instagram is amazing. In what way? How does it uh, work? It's just uh, an instant way of uh, getting the word out. And that you guys create your own Instagram account. Your yeah. stuff is so visual. It's so perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, before social media, I mean, it was about taking ads out in magazines. Yeah. That were ridiculously expensive. Yeah. You know, $4,000 for a page. $8,000 for a page for one month in a circular, in, in a magazine. Yeah. And you had no idea, unless you saw a spike in sales, you had no idea how it did. Yeah. If that eight thousand dollars was was turning a profit, it was worth it, you know. But now, yes, with social media, uh, no Instagram is. We have I don't know, like almost eighty thousand followers. I started late in the game with yeah. Instagram. I only, I started in twenty fifteen. Right. So if I had started earlier, it would have been you know probably you know the fan base would be greater. However, that eighty thousand, I mean, they're amazing. I can just I can you know you have instant access uh, to all these guys, and I could put up a sale. I could put up a special Instagram sale and then, you know, put in a promo code and the, the reaction is kind of amazing. And when I look at, you know, the, uh, uh, the we have a, a dashboard, we have a, our, the platform that we have our website on is Shopify. Okay. And we have our own dashboard on there telling where all the users come from and right. all this fabulous information. Uh, and, you know, one of them shows that Instagram, that's where we get our top, you know, uh, 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 reaction from. What's your um, rate of posting? One a day, two a day. You know What's, what? How and often I, do you and I will say I, I do not do this. I've got a fabulous guy who does all my social yeah. media because I am. I, 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 I don't got want you. to do it. I'd yeah. rather have someone That's else. That's not your strength. You let somebody <coughs> exactly. else do it. Exactly. Outsource your other. Outsource your weaknesses and focus on your strengths. Perfect. And he yeah. does that. And he's fabulous. Um, and he does. I think he tries to put out. Um, 
golly, I want to say uh, a few times a week. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that your clients out there in the world tag you guys when they take pictures in their in their swimsuits and stuff? Uh, in other words, is, is your is your social media all your models, or do you find that? It's oh, sort no. of interactive with oh, people to- posting themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's totally interactive. Uh, for, with photographers, especially, yeah. they will tag, and then th- those are things that we'll post on our Instagram site. Um, and or a lot of there are, uh, you know, just guys out there who you know look amazing in the uh, in the garment, and they're on vacation in Mykonos, and they took a picture of themselves. Right. And it's like, wow, that looks great, and so we post that. Yeah. So it comes from whether it's photographers or whether it's just from ordinary people, or uh, you know, uh, or if I send out items to magazines and they'll they'll shoot them and yeah. they'll then send back you know pictures and no credit you so yeah yeah it's so exciting. It's, it's from it's 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 not just from one source which is cool is there some random place that this work has taken you to that you never would have gone otherwise or you know how sometimes life throws things at you that are opportunities based on this business but um do you travel much with it you know what? I do not. I yeah. do not. Um, I mean, I will do. I will sponsor events here and there. You right. know, whether it's in P Town or down in Miami or, or or in Texas or in Chicago, certain places. Um, and once in a while, I will go there for it. Um, but no. Um, I mean, I, I have my life. I mean, besides work, I have my life outside of this, and my friends and my family, and yeah. so everything is pretty. Um, that all works. I mean, off off the top of my head, no, no big surprises. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I like I like consistency, predictability. You know, come, I think coming from the acting world, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I was like kind of like ready to jump into something different. Yeah, because you know, as an actor, it's like your life is unpredictable. If you you know going for a job, it's like you're depending on that. They're they are choosing. You know, they're deciding on your fate. Yeah, on like if you get the job or not. And I wanted to be in control of something. Something that I can rely on, and it it has been that. Yeah, no, I totally, get that. <laughs> I totally get that as well. When you were, do you have um in this course that I've been taking, they talk about your mission statement and your vision and stuff like that. Did you go through those steps? Do you have a mission statement, or is it more unspoken? You know what? Uh, I think probably in the very very beginning, I I kind of came up with some sort of mission statement, which right. I couldn't remember if you paid me, um, but. No, I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of a given. It's kind of you know, I I, I think people who know me and know the company know uh, pretty much you know, it what it is about like why I do what I do and right. you know, it's all about you know just I think guys no matter what age just celebrating their sexuality right. and celebrating their sensuality and just being comfortable in their skin, you know, uh, not being afraid to celebrate you know who they are what they are. Show it off. Rock it. Exactly. And have fun while doing it. There you go. It's all all about fun. (laughs) You picked some questions from the Observation Act. All right. What job were you the most excited to learn that you got? Um, That would probably be when I auditioned for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, my first Broadway show, and I got it. There you go. Yeah. That was was it. It wasn't your first Broadway audition, or it was? No, not my first Broadway audition. So, um... But super cool that I was in Los Angeles yeah. and auditioned for a Broadway show in New York and got it. You wow. know, instead of having to like live in New York and pound the pavement and right. stuff and, and live in a room with five people. So the first time you went to New York, you had a Broadway show. Yeah. 
That's super cool. cool. I know. Were you? Did you just think it was the best? Walking around the streets, going, I'm going to my Broadway show, and oh yeah, being on Broadway. Well, that was my dream. That was yeah. my dream ever since I was a little kid. You know, to I mean, that's for a for a theatrical performer. Yeah. That's kind of the pinnacle. That's like you know you you know Broadway and. I, you know, I would listen, when I was a kid, listening to Broadway musicals, my folks, you know, would take us to shows, and they had their albums that I would listen to, so I would, you know, knew every, My Fair Lady, and, you know, uh, that's the only one I can think of, but, you know, so many, and so, going through school, and acting, and performing, and, like, listening to, you know, 42nd Street, and all these shows, like, and crying, listening to it, going, God, someday, and then for that to happen, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Do you ever miss it? Do you ever feel like you'd like to perform again? You know what's funny? Um, not really. I feel like now when I go see a show, there used to be a time, many years ago, that I used to see a show and I, I would be like, God, I, I wish, wish I was, I was up there. there. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was doing this. And now I go and I, and I just enjoy the work. I right. just enjoy the performers and I just enjoy the experience. And no, I don't. I don't pine after it anymore. So it's kind of nice. It's nice to have moved on and go, all right, I did all my performing, my, you know, my, my, my summer stock, my theme park, my cruise ships, my, uh, you know, Broadway. And I'm kind of satisfied. That's awesome. Yeah. It's nice to feel, you know, content. Right. Do you ever wonder where you would have ended up if you didn't discover this? this I would still journey? be acting. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would now have probably gone into the character acting world. Right. Which I've always loved anyway. Right. I mean, if I had to go back into acting, if, if I did decide to do something, I, I wouldn't want to do musical theater anymore because right. that was my life. I would go into, I'd do straight plays. Yeah. I, I would definitely, I would like, you know, you know, get the acting chops moving and yeah. try that. That'd be cool. What's your favorite perk of your job? <laughs> um, the obvious, uh, you know, working with uh, hot guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, doing events and, 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 you know, and having fashion shows and then... Uh, or doing photo shoots and, you know, hiring these guys. And it's not so much the hot guy. I mean, as much as it is the hot guy. Right. It's them taking what I've created and putting it on and, and it looking the way it's supposed to and the way it should. And just, yeah, the angels sing when they put it on. It's like, all right, you know, it's working and they're, they're looking good in it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's that. That is my payoff, I should say. Right. You know? Because like when you're an actor, you do a show, you get the applause at the end. Right. When you've got a business, there is no applause. Right. You know? Um, you get, you, you could get accolades and compliments from people, but I, I think seeing, you know, doing a fashion show and seeing these guys wear the product look amazing and then people in the audience look at them and going, wow, they look good, it looks good. Yeah. That's, that's nice. That's really fulfilling. Yeah, How often is. do you do fashion shows? Uh, not often. I do special occasions. <laughs> yeah, like a... about about three times a year, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's a lot. I want to go to one. Where do you do them? Uh, so um, typically, I'll do uh, two shows at Mickey's, okay. uh, as a, which is a bar in West Hollywood. Of course, it is uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard. I'll do a, my summer fashion show, which will basically just be swimwear. Yeah. And then uh, in the fall, which will be coming up soon, probably October, we'll be doing our end to end nighttime show, which is kind of the sexier show. We'll do swimwear. We'll do the erotic. I mean, underwear. We'll do the erotic wear. Whatever sports wear we have, the loungewear. Um, um, make it, it, it's indoor, it's kind of fun. Um, and then, uh, I'll have a fashion show, I think coming up at the Mayan Ooh, uh, theater in downtown. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's sometime, uh, I think maybe November. Fun. Yeah. I love it. So a couple little things. Do they ever ask you to use your, your clothing in films or either like gay, gay mainstream films or like adult films? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Actually there was, uh, 
there was a a video. <laughs> so it was a long time ago. Right. Uh, a video that they they shot the whole thing and all the guys were wearing my end to end. It was a porn video, and I forget what the hell it was now. I right. can't even remember what it was. But anyway, but yeah, but since then, um, yeah, I'll have uh, I'll have producers reaching out to me from movies. They're doing these like independent flicks, gay right. films, and whatever. Say, can we use your underwear? You know, and we'll give you credit. Um, right. There's a show on MTV right now called Undressed, and uh, they're uh, they I am a sponsor of of underwear on that show. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool when they reach out to me. You know, yeah. I'm not doing it. So when they reach out, it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a big compliment. Do people ever see you on the street and know who you are and say, "Hey, I love your stuff"? Um, not by recognition, no. Right. It's not until if someone says, "Oh, you know, oh, if if, if someone's spotting and twin like right. that's the guy who makes," they're like, "Oh my god!" You know, that's when it's like a little fan spotting. That's always fun, right? You know, because. I never, I never assume that people know my company ever. Right. You know, because because they'll say, "What do you do?" It's like, I have a company. You know, I'm like, you probably don't know it, and it's called N2N. And they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, I never heard of it." And I'm like, "That's totally cool." Right. You know, but so when someone does recognize the company or me, it's like that. I'm I'm happy. That's good. Yeah. What do you wear day to day for underwear? Oh, mine. Your own, but is there a specific? I love this cut or this particular briefs line? and bikinis. Yeah, that's always my favorite. Yeah. yeah, I always like wearing, especially if you're wearing jeans or shorts. I like wearing as little as possible underneath. Right. You know, like when guys wear boxer shorts. And then, I'm sorry, and that like, drives me insane. And then the, it's a lot. It's all that fabric. It's like wearing gym shorts under pants. <laughs> yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, if you like that, but I, I don't. It's like bunchy and this and that, especially jeans. Yeah. You're wearing jeans and you're wearing all that underneath. It's like uh, yeah. No. Have you ever met somebody maybe in an amorous situation and they were wearing your underwear and you're like, oh, that's cool? I have, actually. I have. That's like a little, that's a little sign. That's a little sign. It's, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that happens, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, oh, all right. All right. You know? <laughs> Thank that's you. so good. Thank you for that. Do you tell them? Uh, yeah. 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 I, at that point, yes, yes I, I that will. Point. I will. Why not? Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> if you had to change careers tomorrow, what would you pursue? Um, so longer than I've had N2N, and, uh, so this is going back, you know, probably like for 30 years, I've always wanted to be an innkeeper. Oh, wow. Like a little B&B kind of thing. Like a big B&B. Right. I would like to have like a 10 to 15 room in somewhere, um, and have, besides the inn, have a coffee shop and have a restaurant and, you know, have a fabulous pool outside and, you know, have this very, it'd be a straight friendly, you know, uh, yeah. place. And, uh, yeah, that's something that I've kind have of Have you thought about where you would do it? You know, for so many years, I'm from Connecticut, so right. it was always New England, New England, New England, like right. Vermont, you know, the quintessential Vermont inn. Um, however, and it's very affordable there, which is another plus, um, and I love Four Seasons. However, you know, now that I've been out in California so long, the weather, not that I would do anything in Southern California. Right. If any place, I would be thinking up Northern California, like Mendocino area right. up there. It's beautiful up there. Um, and the coastline is gorgeous and, you know, the weather is, you know, so nice. So I'm, I still have to do some research. But you, I think you still might do that. Yeah. No, I think that's going to happen. I think that's, that'll be my third and final career. Oh, I love it. All right. <laughs> What do your friends worry about with you? Um, it's kind of funny. My friends used to... Uh, I think my friends... Uh, so I've been single for a very, very, very long time. 
like right. many, many years. And I think my friends were kind of, uh, without saying it, you know, until recently, were concerned that Andrew might never fall in love again. Or, what's wrong with Andrew? <laughs> right. He meets all these guys. He meets all these, but but nothing clicks. Nothing, you know, registers. Um, and uh, I actually, this past uh, summer, I met, I, I, I fell hard and I, I, I met the love of my life. I love it. However, it didn't work out. Okay. Um, uh, timing and place and moment and, okay. and all that. Uh, but what it made me realize is that I could, I could like fall deeply. You can have those feelings again. Yeah. Which was I relate to that. painful. Holy shit. But also amazing. Because when it, when it works and when it's right, it's like, oh, this is yeah. lovely. But yeah. Oh man, that's a lot. That's a yeah. roller coaster. Yeah, it was a roller coaster. It was probably yeah. like the toughest year of my life, but I am past that, and uh, I'm in a good place now. What helped you get over it? Is time, it just time? Time, and also kind of like getting myself out there, and and you know uh, realizing, uh, Andrew, you need to get out there. You need to meet guys, and you need to you know I need the shiny object to distract me. Yeah, I get know? that. And after a while, do it, you do the online helped. thing? I used to. I used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah for instance, sort of gratification. Sure. Right. But I've turned all those off. I have, okay. I've I've turned all all those off because I'm like, you know, what? let's let's do a little. Let's go a little old school. Let's when you go out, let's talk to people. Let's right. meet people. And I always liked it anyway. I love the connection. Yeah. Know, so no, I get that. <laughs> Who's your most surprising fan? Uh, Ted Cruz. You're right. No. Uh, actually, you know what's really funny? I think back in the store days, I want to say Andrew Dice Clay once came into my store to buy some lounge pants. That's amazing. I, th- I want to say that. Uh, you can say it, then say it. I- I'll say it. Watch, he's <laughs> going to sue me. I was never in that gay store. Right. Um, no, as uh, most recently, actually, a few years ago, um, Neil Patrick Harris was in Vanity. F- uh, was in a uh, had an interview in Vanity Fair. And in there, they had asked him, you know, so what's your favorite article of clothing? Or what's your... And he said, actually, at this time, end-to-end body wear is my favorite underwear at the moment because it's designed well, it fits well, and knows how to, you know, and all that. So that was the hugest compliment. You must have been thrilled when that you was, got that. That was amazing. That yeah. was amazing to, like, see that. Did you see a bump uh, that in terms of, like, orders? You know what? Uh, the Neil Patrick Harris bump? Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm going to coin that now. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's very possible. Right. Uh, I honestly, I probably, yeah. I probably like, didn't dive into, I didn't, I didn't look. But it was very cool because I was in Las Vegas at a big event, and he was there, and I ran up to him. He was like, he was kind of backstage, and I saw him, yeah. and I ran to the edge of the stage, and he came to me, and I was like, "I'm Andrew from Enzo and Body." He was like, "Oh my god, I love yeah. your stuff." So that was that was a wild moment. That was that was so super cool, you know. And he was great. He was like all into so it. gracious yeah. and so lovely, and yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear my Neil Patrick Harris story? Yes. Okay. So, his husband, David Burka, um, I don't know, I met him through some other friends or whatever, but he was a fan of my book, Misadventures in the 213, right? Mm. And he said nice things about it at some point. And then, at one point, I got invited to a dinner party at their house, and that's how I found out. He told me at the dinner party that he liked my book, so I was, I was into it. And somehow, I ended up giving them a copy of another copy or whatever signed to them because I, I guess he didn't have it or he wanted to share it, whatever so I signed it and then I you know let it go didn't worry about it and then I bought a used copy of my own book on Amazon because I needed one to give away and when I got it it was the one that I had signed to David are you and kidding he, oh, yes so they <laughs> donated it somewhere and it ended up being back on Amazon and I got it back I paid I bought my own book back 
That's hilarious. That Neil Patrick Harris and David had, had uh, decided they didn't need on the move to New York. They've got the kids. There you go. They're downsizing. You know, they, got, they, got, they need room for that underwear. Right. And not that one book. Not that one book. They didn't need <laughs> it. You know, and maybe it's because David had it memorized. He didn't need to That's probably it. it. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what did you get picked on for when you were a kid? Uh, my long hair. I had hair that was down to my shoulders. Oh, it's so cool. It was like little Lord Fauntleroy. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. You uh, loved it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my dad's European and my, and, and my mom uh, comes from the, uh, she went to FIT in New York, very creative, right. uh, was a dancer, was a model, all that. My dad, uh, graphic artist, went to Parsons School of Design. So very creative types. Right. So here with the kids, it was like, you know, let their hair grow. They like the long hair on us. Yeah. And, you know, it's what I was used to. And. Yeah, oh, but boy, that I get picked on. Right? Um, yeah, and there was, you know, it was all about... Did you, you know, decide you I was being to, all girly. Did you want it to get cut? Did you want to cut it? or Nope, no. Nope. stuck with it. You know, and you know what my mom told me? This is actually kind of funny. Yeah. She's like, if they pick on you about your long hair, say this to them. And so I would. I was like, Jesus Christ had long hair. That's right. And we weren't we weren't even religious. Right. You know? But it was like... And but Jesus can shut it down. You shut it down with Jesus Christ. <laughs> with no matter where you are, with who yeah. you are. These little kids would just then look at me and then shut up. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Right. That's a good... <laughs> where You said your dad was European. From where? Uh, Hungary. Oh, wow. Yeah, born in Budapest. I love Budapest. It's one of my favorite cities. Have you been? Uh, you know what? I was lucky enough to go with my dad several years ago. We were on a cultural trip. Oh. So I had the, obviously, the best tour guide. You know, he's so good with, like, you know, uh, it's points of interest and dates. It's the most beautiful city, and the food is amazing. Yeah, I, I loved, loved everything about it. I loved it. I loved but I it. did learn about some of the history, and it feels like they were just getting screwed left and right, because they were always in the middle of everything, so everyone wanted to take them over. I just felt like... Budapest couldn't catch a break. Yeah, they went through a lot. They went through a lot. They did. All right. Have you ever written a fan letter? Uh, I yeah, I did write a fan letter, um, and this was back in high school. I wrote a fan letter to Lauren Bacall. Wow. I was a huge fan. This is I know in high school. You know I was you know what uh, fourteen, and she was probably seventy at the time. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I had I was lucky enough to. Uh, I was taken into New York City to go see Woman of the Year, Candor and Ebb musical. Right. And she was starring in it and fell in love with the musical and I fell in love with her. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I decided I'm going to write her a fan letter. And I wrote it, this hand wrote this, you know, fan letter. And, uh, and then I got a postcard back from, supposedly, from Lauren McCall thanking me. And this and that, but then later come to find out that it was it was my mom's best friend who lived in New York who knew I had the crush and then wanted me to get oh a little something God. back. But for the longest time, I was like, oh, she wrote she wrote me a post, yeah. hand wrote, and she even he even wrote Betty Bacall because Betty is her real name, right? You know, so I was like, oh, it's got to be her. It's got to be her because nobody if it was fake, somebody would just put Lauren. Of course, you know. Oh my God! That's, uh, I still either, have it. I still have it. That's amazing. That almost means more than if she had actually really written. It, you know what? It's he. It, How many years did you go between? Not before you didn't before you knew the truth. Oh, uh, it was probably a good five years at least. Four years, five years. Like when I was in the college, and they told you the truth. Andrew, sit down. I have something I have to tell you. There is no Santa Claus. <laughs> and. <laughs> Remember that postcard? It wasn't from Lauren. It wasn't from Betty. Yeah. Did, were you hurt when you found out? What, how did you feel? I love uh, that story so much. You know what? No, 
You know what? I always, from a young age, I always, always saw the, both sides to every issue, every story, every situation. So even at that time, I was like, I, I, I couldn't be annoyed it. because I was like, ah, I get why he was doing it. Yeah, he was, it was making a sweet thing. You know, I mean, the same reason why if you left cookies out, you'd get a thank you note from Santa. Right. If you didn't, you feel, might feel bad. You know, the I, cookies I remember he would eat the cookies. The fact I was almost going to quit believing, but you guys, he ate the cookies. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> the cookies somehow made it real. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Tell us about the first time you saw a dirty magazine. Uh, <clears throat> so, it was in... Uh, I grew up in Wallingford, Connecticut. Right. And uh, we had this uh, bookstore, a magazine shop, called Silver Books. And okay. it was in like this little plaza. And uh, used to always be, you know, try to be inconspicuous and kind of look, you know, kind of browse around the magazine rack. And, of course, it was always like, you know, you want to look at a magazine, buy it. Those stupid signs, which, you know, I was never right. going to buy a magazine. So, but then I saw, it was probably Honcho or Inches. It was one okay. of those magazines. Which, I was in Wallingford, Connecticut. That's amazing. First of all, in Wallingford, Connecticut. <laughs> I was more ponch, uh, partial to Honcho. Than, than inches. Yeah. But anyway. So I, you know, so all I saw was that. And, you know, there was no covering, no paper covering. It was just like up there. So. Did you pick it up? I did. And I was terrified. I was shaking like a leaf. And I like pulled out that. And, I, and, and you know, and obviously when they're busy with, the, you know, when right. the person at the desk is like busy with somebody. And I kind of like pulled in and like kind of like was going as, as I'm shaking as if I just had like, you know, 10 cups of coffee. I'm like rattling right. and like trying to like snag a peak. Right. Of something, which I was able to, you know, and then kind of put the magazine back very quickly, you know, and so that was it. So you didn't get caught. I did not get caught. I once caught. did that in the, in the place called Food Mart in my hometown, and I think I was looking at a Playgirl, and I didn't realize that the clerk could see, they had one of those mirrors in the corner. Oh, not that around. Mirrors. Not the mirrors, right? And I, I was kind of looking at it behind these paper towels, and he came over and got it, and I was busted. <laughs> and I felt so... Kids today don't know what it was like to try to sneak looks at dirty magazines. Everything's online now. Everything is they so don't know unbelievably what it's like. easy. They don't know what it's like to shove a dirty magazine down your sock. Right? And sneak oh it out of your God. brother's room. Or yeah. to be utterly humiliated in a store by being called out. Yeah, thank you. They don't know. I know. All right, what's the worst thing that's ever gone wrong for you on stage? Uh... Uh, I was, it, this was 1989, 88. I was doing a production of, uh, Damn Yankees at the Darien Dinner Theater in Connecticut. And I was the understudy for, uh, the devil. I forgot his name. The lead. Anyway, um, went on for him. So I was like, you know, terrified anyway, cause you right. know, like fill, fill some big, yeah. big shoes. And uh, there's a courtroom scene at the end, and they they hand me a note, and I open up the note and I spout something. I've got what the hell I spout would would say. Well, they wrote something on the note, so the minute I opened it uh, up, I it all of a sudden took me out of where I was. You forgot your lines, and I looked at and I started stuttering because I did at that I was like uh, I didn't know where I was. What I was saying, I was just, crap was coming out of my mouth. And they had to, like, jump in and, like, save the scene. Because I was, and I went off, and I was so annoyed. Yeah. I was so, it was like, 
You don't do that to someone who's just going, you know, I just learned the role. Right. You're being thrown on stage to do this and a distraction like that is like, yeah. Do you know who did it? Oh, yeah. 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 Back then. Yeah. Yeah. Did. And, you know, I mean, I was annoyed for a second. Right. You know, and they laughed about it and then they apologized. Right. You know, and then it was like, okay. And then on with the show. Yeah. I love it. We got another show to do. All right. (laughs) So it's been 20 years of end to end. Yeah. Are you proud? I am when I think about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you have to like stop and like take It's amazing. Take stock. Yeah. Th- then it's like, wow, it's been a journey. And then, you know, when I look at pictures and I look at, you know, the catalogs that I've done and right. the, the, the history, everything that's happened, it's, it, yeah, it is, it's pretty cool. Do you still get inspired when you go to design things? Or do you feel like, oh, I've already done that? Or is it hard to kind of keep it fresh when you're designing you know what? There are, there swimming are, suits or underwear? Yeah, I mean, you know what? By this time, I've designed an arsenal of, of, right. of swimwear and underwear and everything. That It's gotten to the point, like they say with Andrew Lloyd Webber, he kind of like plagiarizes from himself right, now. Right, exactly. I'm kind of doing the same thing. I mean, you know, you, how much reinvention can you do? Exactly. You know, and no one's creating something. For, I mean, there's not, oh, that's a brand new bikini that's never been seen before. Right. It's like... No, it is. It's but it's a variation of. So I just, I just, you know, I get inspired from my own work now. Do you sketch? Do you do sketches like a lot of designers? I do. I yeah. do. Um, however, uh, again, I used to do a hell of a lot more of it when I didn't have my arsenal of patterns. Right. But now that I do, I just kind of pull my pattern and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to tweak, 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 and then you know. So I don't really have to do the same. I will because then I'll give the sketch or the drawing or my idea to Eddie, my artistic director, and then he'll do flats for me. He'll create on the computer a design of what it looks like, the front of it and the back of it, and it's coloring. Right. So that's a computer thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's all computer. He does all that by computer. I don't know how to do a lick of that. Right. Again, give it to somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, last question. What, what's the best part of your job? Um, What's the most fulfilling part? I think the most fulfilling part is that I was able to take a passion of mine, a a hobby, and glorify it and make it into this business that's employed many people over the years, uh, whether it's my own company of of people that work here for me and with me, um, or the contractors that make my goods in L.A., you know, I've had... You make them here in the States. Always. have always made everything here. American made. You know, there you go. There you go. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So that... It's it's all... Um, that's a good feeling. That's yeah. a good feeling to know that, uh, you know, I've had this family here with me for many years. And then and then I've had, you know, these... Uh, they're, they're all my good friends now. You know, they've been working for me for years. I love um, that. And we're, we're a team. And, and, you know, and everyone plays their part in making this company great. So, uh, yeah, yeah, to look that, to, to basically see where I was when I started. And they said, you know, if, if it lasts after five years, you're good. And, you know, all of a sudden I had five years and then it was six years and then seven years. It's like, wow, okay, it's working. Something is working. This is, you know, people are liking this and right. it's happening. And, you know, and then so now it's like, all right, well, I did, I did something right. That's so interesting. Well, the thing you said about passion, because... In my studies around entrepreneurship, they talk about if you can find the place where your passion overlaps with a need that people have uh, or a problem that you need to solve. Were you at all surprised at how many men wanted to express themselves uh, with, in that way, wearing your clothes or 
or that were that wanted to be that sexy or you know there's a market for it but were you surprised at how big that market was or I think I was because I mean like when you do anything when you start out you you never quite have you know know the full impact of what right. you're doing so as it unfolded uh, and all of a sudden you saw the popularity of it and then guys coming out of the woodwork and you know that there are people like me right you know that like what I like it's like wow yeah. there's a lot of people who like what I like well because for a long time I remember like when I worked on the cruise ships that was like a speedo world mm. like Europeans when you went to the beach and you know gay and straight but then like in America it was like oh that was too flashy or that was too gay or that mm-hmm. was there was this sort of like oh no that's not we gotta have shorts or on board shorts right. like they were afraid to sort of own that even yep. if they wanted to yeah yeah, that's always I mean, yeah, and and but and like you said, and you could and you could also you could witness it at the gym. I mean, yeah. you know where guys are wearing tights. You know, I'm so excited that that's I happening. Love that guys are wearing tights. And now, granted, there's some you know a lot of the guys will wear shorts over them. Right. But there are more and more that are not wearing you know right. the shorts over. It. And it's like, well, kudos to you because that's what you these guys work so stupid hard at the gym. Right. And have these beautiful bodies. It's like. You know what? Be proud of it. Own it and right. enjoy it. And it, you know, and who doesn't like a little attention at the gym? What trend do you wish would come back? Short shorts? Yeah. Me too. Love it. The, the other trend I don't remember, I remember half shirts. Remember half shirts? Crop we were, tops. Oh, crop I fucking tops. love crop tops. Yeah. I, oh. They're hard to fucking pull off. They are. They right. are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, uh, yeah. You could rock one. Uh, I yeah. would have to be like sucking my stomach in for yeah. Jesus, you know, to make that happen. He's the best person to do it again. For he's got long hair. <laughs> what did What did your parents think when you first started this company? You know what? They've always been terribly supportive of That's like awesome. everything I've done. I mean, I wanted to be a figure skater at one point, so they took me to figure skating lessons. Um, I wanted to be a gymnast. I did little gymnast lessons. Um, whatever little you know passion I had, they were always behind me. That's which was, so cool. which is, yeah, which is kind of amazing. And it's, and I think that's, you know, I mean, that's why I am, because of that support and their love, uh, I think it's, uh, that's why I'm, I was able to do what you, I You were able to believe that I, I can make I can this do happen. this and, yeah. and make this happen and feel good about it. That's you know? awesome. Oh yeah. I remember this is back in, uh, when I had my store in the late nineties and, uh, it was pride, LA pride and my folks and my grandma came out to my little store and this is during Pride I mean like crossing the street with the people oh. and I'm wearing I don't even want to go into West Hollywood during Pride oh my lord and they had, they loved it they yeah. loved it we went to basics for a little food yeah. and the throngs of people and the characters and everything but they were totally open to it and enjoyed it and my grandmother loved it <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah super cool well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations on 20 years. Thank you so much. That's a big accomplishment. I, well, I appreciate you doing this. I and you've made things. the world a sexier place. Ta-da. Yeah, I, I know. Maybe that's part of my mission statement. It is. Making the world sexier. That's right. All right. Thanks, Andrew. This was fun. Great. Thank Yay. <laughs> thanks again to Andrew McKay. Check out the website N2N Bodywear. That's the letter N, the number two, the letter N, bodywear.com. And you can also follow uh, their Instagram account, which is N2N Bodywear Official, because we don't want any of that imposter knockoff bullshit. Uh, you just want the official thing. So do that. Okay, so this happened. I saw Hamilton, the musical. Uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, my friend Rebecca got tickets a while back, and she invited me to go, and it was so amazing, and I was so um, impressed. It was like... Everything you believe, you know, all the hype, it, it lives up to the hype, and I found it so 
assured and it had swagger and it it just felt like it was perfect it didn't it felt like that wasn't one of those musicals where there were numbers that didn't work and this slid out and then they put this in and then they tried that but they cut that scene it just felt like whole like it emerged whole which of course nothing ever does but it just had that sort of uh perfection to it which was great and um the next day i was uh that was a few days later i was listening to the um cast recording in the car and having seen the musical it, it was so much more powerful and i got to the end and i'm just sobbing in my prius parked at a meter just having a moment it, i found it so moving so beautiful okay um, the other thing was funny is I was sitting next to a friend of Rebecca's named Liz, who uh, works as an editor on that show, The Mick. And I told her that I was a big fan of that show and that I thought it was one of the funniest comedies on TV and that I think Caitlin Olsen is so underrated as a comic actress. And I told her that I had a picture of Caitlin Olsen on my dream board because I would love to write for that show. And I owned up to that. And she was very in- amused and intrigued by that. So I sent her a picture later of my dream board with Caitlin Olsen on it. And she was going to show it to, like, her bosses at the show. So I'm not going to get a meeting or anything. Don't make those leaps, although that would be a funny end of the story. Um, you clearly haven't been paying attention. But it is funny, and they are going to be exposed to it. And the funny thing is that, like, the picture of Caitlin is right in the middle of, like, hot guys getting in shape and going to Italy and like all of these other things. But there she is right there. Anyway, um, my career should be taking off any day now is the point. All right. That's all I have for this week. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. <laughs>